Good morning, everyone. Aloha. Like to reverence the Lord Jesus Christ, who sits right behind and above. Magnificent golden altar of answered and answered prayer. Thank you, Reverend, for allowing me to open the service and my fellow elders. Love you all and all of you faithful servants out there. Thank you. If you made it through that door, say amen. Because it wasn't easy, right? Thank you, Lord. We love you so much, and thank you for helping us to come through the doors, Lord Jesus. Reverend, I thank you for your messages. It's been just awesome. It gets greater and greater and greater with all this going on to know that God still loves us and speaks through us, to our archbishops, our mighty elders. Ain't it awesome? We still get messages from the Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Uh, and let's enjoy the service now. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, thank you. Right, enjoy. To the Lord. You deserve the glory. Let us lift our hands in worship to the Lord. Let us lift our voices and seek His face. Let us pray. Our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, we humbly gather here in your presence today to seek your face, to hear your voice by way of your words. Let your words empower us and cause us to be everything that you have purposed for us to be. We gather here today with faith believing that all that we have received thus far, we are going to use for your glory. So we humble ourselves before you, Lord, and we ask you to use us. To use us because after all these years, in the Hawaii Fellowship of the Universal World Church, with all these messages and all these anointings, we are ready for your glory, for your honor. Have your way in the service. Be lifted up above all earthly things and let us do what you call us to do and fulfill your purpose. We do these things because we love you and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray and say, Amen and Amen. 
You deserve the glory. to our God. Thank you, Elder Dean, Elder Walter, and Brother Jason, and beautiful congregation. You may be seated. The title of my message this morning is Send Me, Lord, I Am Ready. And I'm so excited to see you here in the service because I believe with all my heart you are ready. And I believe with all of my heart that you are those faithful few that will say every day, send me, Lord. You know, God has always been looking for faithful men and women that he can support and empower to accomplish his will and his purposes on earth. It has happened throughout the Bible from the very beginning of Genesis and continue on through the awesome book of the Revelation. I would like to ask the ministering ushers to kindly pass out the brochures for this morning. And I will be reading some scriptures throughout my message and I have um, provided the scriptures for you. And firstly, I'd like to um, apologize for not changing the date. It is January 31st, I believe. But at any rate, the first scripture for this morning is Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. And verse 19 reads, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please stop there. So you see, brethren, God has a plan. Jesus Christ was born on this earth for a reason, so that he could make disciples of all men, so that he could baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are those disciples. Many are called, few are chosen, but we are those disciples. Luke 10, 2, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
This is not something that God is going to do himself. This is something that the word of God in Luke clearly tells us that he's going to call upon workers to do. Who are those workers? His faithful disciples, as recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. You notice here in, in Luke 10, I said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I will repeat that. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So when you wonder why there are only a few people in the churches today, it's because it fully coincides with the scriptures of God. It clearly tells us our Lord wants workers, and he asks that we pray for more workers to go out into the harvest. Brethren, the harvest is ripe, but there's not enough workers to harvest. Are you with me? That's the reason why the title of my message this morning is Send Me, Lord. I am ready. God's method in building his kingdom is by using willing, let me repeat that word, willing, and obedient. Let me repeat that word, obedient servants. People who avail themselves to God's call upon their lives, not just their words only, my friends, but their lives. Now, for some, the call may be to be missionaries. We have many around the world. But for you and I, it's a ministry. The Word of God says that for the most part, it's a ministry. We are called to be ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So though our spiritual careers may seem different and we walk on different paths, we are all a part of the ministry of the kingdom of God. Say amen. So wherever we are, whatever we do, God is looking for people like you and me who can support to build his kingdom here on earth. Brethren, he has missions for us to do. The question is whether or not we will accept the call. Whether we will accept the call because God does not force us to do anything. You know, there's nothing particularly extraordinary about faithful men. Did you know that? Think about it, like Moses. Faithful men like Elijah, Isaiah, etc., James makes that clear. Can you look at your brochure? And let's read James 16 through 20. It says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Verse 18, again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, verse 19, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Verse 20, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Did you hear that? Think about it. Someone did that for you and I. Someone gave us the word of God. Someone took the time to minister to us, to invite us to church. What am I saying? 
Someone took us away from our way of sin. Someone saved you and me from death, from the error of our old ways. Someone saved us and gave us the grace of God to cover a multitude of sins in our life. Brethren, I'm going to talk to you again about Elijah. He was only human. Just like we are all just human with our faults and our weaknesses and even with our temptations. Yet he, Elijah, like many other faithful men and women of old, was faithful to do what God had asked him to do. He didn't say, well, I'm not perfect. I'm not religious enough. No. He just did what God asked him to do. Now, we would do well to consider that as regular individuals, God has chosen us. We didn't choose ourselves. God chose us to serve him and to become his ministers in exchange for eternal life. We can't be just ordinary human beings in the eyes of God. Obviously, in the world, we're just ordinary human beings, but God chose us ordinary human beings to do extraordinary things in our lives and in the lives of others. You know, Isaiah is commissioning us to service us with the word of God, to give us insight and perspective to what God requires from a person in their life. And that is willingness and obedience. Let's look again into our brochures. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Do I have that there? Verse 1. The year that King Uzziah, Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Wow, imagine that. Verse 2. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. Verse 3. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man with unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King of the Lord Almighty. Verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. Verse 8. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Stop there. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is a very powerful message that the Lord has asked for me to bring this morning. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah received, received a vision of God seated on his high and exalted heavenly throne. Think about it. The train of his robe filled the entire temple. 
That was a symbol of total power and authority. Isaiah 6.2. It says, They called out to one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole world, the whole world, not just the churches, the whole world is full of his glory. Isaiah 6.3. The threefold emphasis, my friends, of God's holiness is meant to be his highest extent. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The only right posture as of the seraphim demonstrated was to bow and worship and exalt. That's what we should be doing whenever we are in the presence of God. Let me repeat that. To bow, to worship, to exalt. We can fellowship with our friends any other place. But when we come to church, it's a time to fellowship with God. You know, we are not just ministers. According to the word of God, we are kings and priests. As long as we are seated in these chairs, we need to remember that. It tells you that the room was shaking and that the room was filled with smoke. It was symbolizing God's glory, his perfection. I'm telling you, this is so powerful. The entire place was filled with the glory and perfection and holiness of the Lord in such a way the people there didn't even feel clean enough, holy enough to even speak there in the presence of our Lord. Isaiah 6, 5 says, in the light of God's perfection and holiness, Isaiah was overwhelmed by his imperfections. Did you hear that? Isaiah, Isaiah now, a prophet of God was overwhelmed with his imperfections and his sinfulness. It so sickened him, according to Isaiah 6, 5, that he thought that he was going to die. He was so afraid of being in the presence of God. He recognized at that moment how unclean that he was and how unclean all of the people were that gathered there with God. Why? Because the seraphims, the angels, they filled the room with the holiness God enabled them to see what holiness really is. You know, Isaiah's made a case here in the book of Isaiah. It tells you that one of the seraphims or angels took a burning coal from the altar before God and touched it to his mouth. Isaiah 6.6 6 said that the coal symbolized the cleansing of God's sanctifying Isaiah and removing his sin. Isaiah 6, 7 says, this encounter with the grace of God had to be so incredibly, incredibly powerful and moving that it had something to do with causing him never to forget that God is an awesome God and can choose anyone. That includes you and me, and put us into his presence. Now, up to this point, God had not spoken to Isaiah as I continue in my message. Isaiah had only seen visions of him, but then God asked a question. What was that question? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It says us. Us clearly refers to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the persons of the Godhead. 
us. We have God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the seventh-fold Holy Spirit right here at this majestic golden altar of incense and answered prayer. And we sit before it today, and God is asking us, who can I send? Who is worthy enough? Who can I place the coal on their lips and cause them to be clean enough to do the work that it takes to lift up the power of Jesus across the entire earth? 6, 8 says, here I am. Isaiah spoke, send me. Now, interestingly enough, though Isaiah went through all of this, notice that God didn't force Isaiah to be sent. Isaiah willingly took up God's offer to be used. Isaiah 1, 9 through 13 is the commissioning end for Isaiah, giving him instructions on how hard his calling was going to be that he would preach to large congregations, and most of them won't listen. Did you hear what I just said? Yet at this point, Isaiah had already committed himself. We have committed ourselves, brothers and sisters, and we cannot back out now. We know how hard it's been, and we understand, according to the Word of God, it's only going to get harder. We understand that God didn't put up his conditions before us, and that was to be willing and obedient for no reason. That's the only way that we're going to make it. Even though we found this calling in our lives to be difficult, you and I are still here. We have not backed down. There's a song that I use in, in my aerobic class that inspires me every time I play it. The title of that song is, I'm Still Standing. We are still standing, golden candlestick Christians, through it all through all the storm and tempest, through all those that have come against the vision of the universal world church, we are still standing. We still have our eyes affixed on Jesus Christ. We still have our ears open to hear what the sevenfold Holy Spirit is saying to his churches. We are still here drinking the water of life. And we are still here to do the ministry of God. We are still here every Sunday morning to say, Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. I am ready. I have a willing heart. I am obedient to take on the responsibilities that you have created in my life because you have given me all the tools that it's going to take. Brethren, the word of God says that the world will be judged. But it also tells you that there will be a chosen few that will not be judged. That will be at the throne of God at his right side, judging the earth with him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our plea to God today is not just to choose us but to use us for his glory and for his honor. You cannot run a company 
without the vital people that you need to run it. Isn't that right? Elder Whitley knows. He owns his own company. I do the same. We know it's not about us. It's about all the workers. We choose the right workers and put them into the right places. Otherwise, the company is going to fall. That's all there is to it. We are in the company of God's angels. He has chosen you and me. We have the intelligence. We have the talents. And we have the tools to be used by God in a greater way than even these prophets from the old. Why? Because Jesus, when he left, said, this power that I have, I leave with you and even greater power than I have, will you have. So we have greater power than any prophet in the past. Even greater power than Jesus Christ had when he walked on this earth. I didn't say it. He did. Believe it. Claim it. Use it. It's your choice. He can't force you. Ask him every day, what does it take? What do you need me to do? Use me, Lord. That's our purpose here. Use me, Lord. I am ready. Use me, Lord. I have been called. Use me, Lord, because I have been chosen to house the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For I am the temple of God, Lord, and I understand and acknowledge that. And I have the tools by way of your word and by way of your anointing here at the magnificent golden altar to make a difference in the government, in this world, in the lives of our family and our friends and everyone we come into contact to because we have been predestined to be the golden candlestick ministers here on earth that will minister life and eternal life by way of the three miraculous processes of the new birth and new creation and the mighty miracle of memory. Thus saith the word of God. Amen and amen.